It is the Chicago First podcast on the Dynasty Podcast Network, featuring interviews with Chicago's premier artists and industry and creatives and culture leaders. Hosted by Haima Black. Welcome to Chicago. Haima Black, backstage at Debonair Social Club, and I'm here with Claudia Gassel. How are you doing? I'm awesome. Celebrating 10 years. Celebrating 10 years. Yeah, this is the 10-year anniversary weekend. I love that Debonair always has their anniversary. Like, I love that it's Halloween weekend. I feel like that's such an appropriate weekend because of how wicked and evil and, and debaucherous it is. Well, I mean, the real story is, of course, we were not ready to open, and we had booked the Assassins 10 years ago. Uh, and they were, you know, ready to perform this amazing show, and so we basically forced ourselves open, and now it's just amazing. It's for us, it's like, you know, the high holies all together in one, so, and it's perfectly debonair. It's amazing. A, a minute ago, we, we were just talking before the mic was on, and I said, this room is packed, and you said it's all family, and I feel like that's a really important concept here at Debonair, is that you do events with, obviously, like, there's always new people coming in, but the same people come back again and again. You're talking about Felix the House Cat, you know, Greg Horner, Kill Hannah, Gaylords, Assassins, Local Age, like all of those groups have passed through here again and again. Like how important is that? Uh, I mean, it's amazing to me. It's amazing to also see what those guys have done in the last 10 years. It's We're all changing all the time. It's not like they're coming in and playing the same stuff. So it's right. watching my friends, you know, I see their progress over a decade and being able to celebrate with them still is amazing. So yeah. we're, I mean, we're insanely lucky that our friends are willing to, you know, dress up in costumes and create weird super groups and come in and, you know, perform for our friends. So it means a lot. It's so cool. Now, I'm curious, like you, you've been in the hospitality industry for a minute. Like you have done a lot of this in Chicago. Like kind of bring us into like your background a little bit, if you don't mind. Like when did you start and how did you like progress to get to Debonair? I... I started when I was 18 years old, which I guess it's long enough ago now that it doesn't matter. But I started working for Big Time, which is the people that own Crowbar. And I worked in their marketing department when I was 18. And I worked for them for, I want to say, 13 years, something crazy, which is really long in club life. Um, but I opened Crowbar Miami, Crowbar New York, greeted Crowbar Chicago. Um, and like at the end of that time, I was predominantly like the marketing director and the talent buyer and then I opened Debonair and was still with Crowbar I still did their talent buying for a while um, and then obviously got consumed with Debonair and so yeah it's 10 years later now which you know a happy accident that we possibly made it this far but I mean it's it, I don't have to tell you this it's crazy clubs do not last 10 years like Clubs don't last 10 months a lot of times now. Like, what do you attribute this to, that Debonair has been able to stand the test of time? Um, um, a lot of things. I mean, firstly, what we were just talking about, the fact that we have all these great, like, friends and family that are willing to come and willing to perform for us. What's up? Um, hi. See? Yeah. <laughs> um, so I would say that. I would say also that probably because we didn't mean to. And we just keep doing stuff that we like for people we love. So, I mean, through music changing, through um, <laughs> Sorry, there's obviously lunatics running around in the No, but that's how this interview should have happened. This, this interview shouldn't happen in, like, a quiet studio. Like, backstage, back room, with people coming in and out. This is how this should happen. And Steve, yeah. <laughs> Yes, so. it's exactly appropriate. But yeah, so I think that we're lucky. My partner, Steve. Right, stop saying my name. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, 
I totally lost track of everything okay. that I was saying. That's all right. But, it's, you know, being in the game 10 years with Debonair, and the fact that, like, I think you nailed it. You haven't tried to be here. You guys haven't been chasing trends. You've really stayed true to what Debonair is. Well, the reason why we opened Debonair in the first place is because we, at that point in time, didn't think that there was somewhere that kind of, like, represented what all of our friend groups were. So right. some of our friends are, you know rock and roll some of them are complete dance music black white gay straight just such a huge mix of human beings Greg Corner everybody (laughs) Um, and we didn't feel like at that point that there was one spot that everybody came together and like just threw down and partied and so we wanted to create a place that that was what it was and I think we did I mean 10 years later I suppose so and you know we've had I mean we have an amazing staff and I can't Greg Horner, amazing musician, not good at doors. <laughs> but I think you nailed it. Like, this place really does have, like, kind of a clubhouse feel. And I remember before this was Debonair, it was Trevia. And it's more low-key. And I threw a couple of the early parties for the podcast here, like, when we first, first started. And it was cool. It was a cool space, but it was low-key. It was not like this, which is really, like, a very high-energy kind of destination. We're, I mean, a... It's, again, it's stuff we like, and I think that, it, like, there's, I mean, people talk too much about, you know, honesty and integrity and what we're doing. We really throw parties for ourselves, like, which is right. kind of selfish in some ways. But, I mean, having Felix Housecat DJ last night, you know, he's been a friend of ours for what seems like a million years. And being able to have people like that come back and play in the basement and just have an amazing night like that. I mean, we, we're lucky. And our, and our staff, I really can't talk about them enough. Like, we've got people here, a lot of them, that have been here the entire time. Right here, Matt. I mean, local legend. Matt's one of our partners, and actually, Joe, our door guy, is now one of our partners as well. He's been with us for six years. Oh, there's a bunch of opening team, and being able to, like, watch them all through the last decade, and, I mean, it's it's truly family. Now, how have you seen, I mean, this is such a big question, but, like, the Chicago music scene, the city's culture, like, the nightlife culture, like... I guess, what are some significant changes you've seen even since 10 years ago when you guys opened the doors? Um, I mean, obviously, people are listening to different things, obviously. I think, um, I mean, Wicker Park has changed a whole lot. So much. Yeah, and there's different, like, I think there's different pockets of what we were playing at that time. Other people weren't playing either. No. You know, and I think that stuff that we liked became huge. And for us, like, it's again, it's amazing to watch these bands that start out as small bands that explode at some point. And being able to have them here on the way up is great. Um, I think that in general, I mean, when when lounges and everybody decided to actually eat good food, there was like a huge shift in nightlife in general, which is an amazing one for all of us because hospitality is hospitality, you know. And then you guys are all so well versed in that, obviously. Yeah, and it's just, I mean, it's. I think that Chicago's in a resurgence right now. I mean, we went through the recession, like all sorts of crazy stuff has happened in that last decade crazy presidents a good one right now hoping for another good one coming up um but i mean like we literally watched you know i think i mean one year we played the super bowl which was hilarious it was like more people in kill hannah sweatshirts than there were any team and the only reason why we showed it is because prince was doing halftime right and which obviously we had to watch that but it was i mean it was just a like fun amazing moment but there's been huge like ups and downs in music and i think we just want to I mean, again, I will say that we didn't mean to do it, and I think that we'll 
just keep going as long as everybody wants us to keep doing it. We'll open the doors as long as people want to come and hang out. And, you know, where we have, I think, all of these people that have been with us for a long time or that come back, we do have a lot of new as well. So it's amazing to, you know, see people like Derek Berry with Saved by the Max. Like, those guys um, did our Monday night party for years, and now... You know, they're getting write-ups in Fortune magazine and stuff, which is phenomenal to see. So it's it's amazing watching people, like, get married. We've, had, I think, had, like, three weddings here, <laughs> which is, you probably know some of the people. But yeah. it's, yeah, it's, I mean, it's amazing to watch. I was uploading um, photos to play over the weekend. Sorry. And it was, oh, you're good. Like, 1,500 photos and just watching everybody's. The hair got better. I will say there was a bad time in men's fashion. Well, you guys opened around MySpace, so it's a lot of hair over the eyes too. There was a lot of that. I think more men using flat irons than women at some point. Um, pants stayed skinny, which you know is is good, but that was the beginning of that. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's. I mean, it's it's. I mean, it's amazing to watch, you know. And I think that what we were doing at that time was very very not mainstream, and now you know people like. Felix are, you know, they're at Coachella. And the mainstream caught up to you guys. You were not chasing it. I, I guess so, yeah. yeah. I mean, and it was. We just, like, started booking shit that we liked. And yeah. we're lucky that other people liked it, too. And I think that the people in here, they're music lovers, they're art lovers, they're film lovers. Um, and I think that, like, we're, like, I'm a culture junkie. It has nothing to do with only music or nightlife. It's all of it. And I think that that's something that we always wanted to bring to Debonair. Um, my partner Vince, who opened it with us, he just directed all the Florence and Machine movies, like the, which are phenomenal. Yeah. And I mean, just, I mean, he did all of our opening video stuff, and so there's just been great careers, great people. Yeah. Tom York DJed in the basement once. I mean. Well, that was going to be like my next question, and I'll just do one or two more. Um, but like for you, what have been some of the door doesn't work. <laughs> if you're listening to this later, everybody's been trying to open the door in this hallway. Um, you know, you were starting to name some of them, like Tom York DJing here and stuff, but like, what have been some of the highlights over the 10 years? Because you guys do Lollapalooza parties, you've obviously had all these events with our friends Kill Hannah, Local H, you did rehab, you've done so much. What stands out? Um, I mean, just random Saturday night in the basement, is, it means the same amount to us, so it's just funny. Um, but, I mean, yeah, Chris Holmes had helped us for years and years with booking Lala stuff. And, I mean, you can go, I guess, on and on and on from, you know, the Steve Aoki's and Felix's and the friends that all just played tonight. But I think they're all just amazing moments. I wouldn't, I, I did, well, Tom York in the basement was definitely... I may have not acted as cool as I try occasionally. I mean, it was but amazing. That's, that's legendary. That's like once in a lifetime kind of like. It was, yeah. it was kind of funny. Like I, I think that year too, for some reason, R. Kelly was here. So it was like the weirdest group of human beings had like passed through these doors. I think it was like it was Lindsay Lohan, Mark Ronson, and then R. Kelly had come for some reason, and then Tom York ended up DJing in the basement on a totally different day. And it was like a dream scenario thing. I was going to say, it sounds like a fever dream. There's not many scenarios where you're like, yeah, R. Kelly, Lindsay Lohan, and Tom York. Sounds yeah. like, te- yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was bizarre. And then I almost tripped on Flea, which was really embarrassing. He was sitting on the stairs, and I was, I was just not paying attention, and I almost tripped on him. So, you know. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. Now, you know, obviously you are 
a lifer. You have all this great experience. You've done all this great work with all these great spaces in Chicago. You're working with Untitled right now as the what manager or marketing director. Marketing director, yeah. So, what advice would you give for anybody who's like younger, who's newer, who's like looking to get into nightlife, get into culture, get into music? Because you've seen all these things come and go. You've seen the trends, and you have endured, and the spaces have endured. I mean, I really think you have to do what you love, and because otherwise, no one else will no one else will feel the love for it. If you love sports, open a sports bar. If you love food, do a restaurant. If you love, you know, and if you, otherwise it just, it's not authentic and it doesn't make sense to the people that come in. So for me, I mean, I'm lucky that I, you know, get to keep doing what I love for a living. But I really think that just, if you have something that you think is a good idea that you have any kind of passion for, that you should go for it. And I will quote, actually, the door is broken. (laughs) Between an interview. (laughs) We're going to figure out this door. Yeah. So 10 years later, what we don't have is a door that opens properly, apparently. But I will blame that on all the load in and load out that's happened in there right. recently. Um, but yeah, I think I just think you have to do really what you care about, you know. Well, I think that that's really the core of what has made Debonair so great is that it is authentic and it is family. You know, those two words have come up a lot. And those are things that I really think just like completely define Debonair. You come in here, you know who you're going to see, you know who's behind the bar, you know who's in charge, you know who's putting the events together, and it doesn't feel forced. You guys aren't trying to chase, like, trends, or you're not suddenly reinventing yourself, and you're like, hey, we're this new thing, we've always been this. It's like, you know what this is going to be. You, you come here, and you see Greg Corner and Scott Lucas together, and you're like, right on, man, this, is, this means something. But the amazing part of that is that there are all these new people that are coming through the right. doors, too. I mean, like, talk about Chicago bands and people that have played here, like, Twin Peaks played here in the right. basement, and I think... I don't think everybody was of age at that point. You know what I mean? And they're the new wave. Stuff. So I think just being aware and supporting, like, the city that you're in, and for one thing. Uh, and then just, I don't know, keeping your ears open to people's great ideas. Somebody wants to throw a great party that sounds completely ridiculous, you should do it. Yeah. I and say do it. <laughs> yeah, and you guys are open to it, man. Um, I've had a million great nights here. I've had so much fun at a, a lot of your venues. I mean... I started going to Crowbar right when I turned 21. I'm glad I got to catch that, like, that wave of, yeah, like, Felix, Electro Clash kind of events there. Because that, for me, like, being a kid, that was legendary, you know? It was amazing, but it was funny. The, our bosses at that time were really, I mean, really, like, forward-thinking people. I literally thought I was, I booked Virgin Tears and Chris Holmes, and I can't remember who was playing in the main room on the opening night. But I either thought I was going to, like, get fired that night or I was going to, like, get a raise. It was right. going to be one way or the other. And, I mean, I've, I put my job on the line once for the first Lollapalooza after party ever, which was the Killers and Mark Farina. And it was another one that, like, you know, it's people having faith in me at that point. I'd like to do it for other people now, too. Because it was, I mean, you're spending decent money on stuff like that sometimes. And... I was like, it's either going to be amazing or I'm going to get fired. <laughs> but there have been a lot of incredible nights here, and I know I'm not the only one who has had them. So keep up the good work. I can't wait to see the next 10 years here. And and honestly, like, thank you so much for you, Matt, Steve, everybody here, because, you know, like, I've grown up basically in the shadow of all the Chicago rock stuff, and all of you guys have always been extremely welcoming, extremely available for anything I've ever wanted to do with the podcast or anything. So that means a lot. Thank you so much. Part of the family. All right, 10 years of Debonair Social Club in Wicker Park. Claudia Gassell, thank you so much. Thank you. You've been listening to a production of Dynasty Podcast. Find more Dynasty Podcasts at DynastyPodcast.com. For the dynamic dynasty, Dynasty Descend.